In patients with statin intolerance, bempedoic acid can reduce low density or LDL cholesterol levels. But what do we know about its impact on cardiovascular outcomes? Today, we're joined by an expert in the field who will share with us critical issues relevant to that discussion. Welcome to Diabetes Discourse on ReachMD. I'm Dr. John Buse, and joining us to take a look at the impact of bempedoic acid on cardiovascular outcomes in statin intolerant patients is Dr. Stephen Nissen. Dr. Nissen is the Chief Academic Officer at the Heart and Vascular Institute in Cleveland, Ohio. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's a pleasure, John, to be with you. Can you tell us about bempedoic acid, an ATP citrate lyase inhibitor? What do we know about this cholesterol-lowering drug and its mechanisms? Well, it's really quite an interesting drug. It works along the same pathway as statins. As I think most listeners know, statins work by inhibiting HMG-CoA reductase, a critical step in the synthesis of cholesterol in hepatocytes. Bempedoic acid works upstream of HMG-CoA reductase, and it works on ATP citrate lyase. Now, the reason that's interesting is that bempedoic acid itself is inactive. It has to actually be activated in the hepatocytes. And what that means is that the drug in peripheral tissues, particularly in muscle, but also in other tissues, is inactive. And so this is why the drug was developed as an alternative treatment for people that have muscle problems when taking statins. So you published a paper in the New England Journal. It's a placebo-controlled study of bempedoic acid among statin-intolerant patients. Can you tell us about the key design elements of the study? Well, first of all, we had to make certain that we were studying statin-intolerant patients because, as everyone knows, statins are the cornerstone of cholesterol-lowering therapies in contemporary medical practice. So patients had to sign a statement that they understood that statins could reduce their risk of heart attack, stroke, or death, but that they were unable to take statins and that they tried several statins and simply couldn't tolerate them. Providers were also required to sign a statement that they deemed the patient to be statin intolerant. So that was important for ethical reasons. But if they met those criteria, and they had an LDL cholesterol of over 100 milligrams per deciliter. Uh, they were either secondary prevention patients who had had a previous cardiovascular event or primary prevention patients with multiple risk factors. They were randomized to bempedoic acid, 180 milligrams daily or placebo. And this was typical of modern cardiovascular trials. It was event-driven. So the trial was to run until 1,600 four-component MACE events that occurred. That's death, stroke, MI, and coronary vascularization. We also required at least 24 months of follow-up and at least 810 hard MACE events. That's MI, stroke, or death. So to learn about the results, let's just start with the lipid levels. What did bempedoic acid do for that? Bempedoic acid modestly reduced LDL cholesterol. We specified in the statistical analysis plan that we would measure at six months when adherence was likely high and retention was high. There was a 21.7% reduction in LDL cholesterol after 
six months from a baseline of 139 milligrams per deciliter. But importantly, high sensitivity C-reactive protein was also reduced, in this case, 22.2%. So bampedoic acid had both cholesterol-lowering effects and anti-inflammatory effects. And those anti-inflammatory effects, we think, play a role in the benefits that patients accrue from taking statins. For those just tuning in, you're listening to Diabetes Discourse on ReachMD. I'm Dr. John Buse, and today I'm joined by Dr. Stephen Nissen, who's sharing clinical data from a recent study on bempedoic acid for statin intolerant patients. So Steve, let's take a deeper dive in the results. What were the cardiovascular findings? Like many contemporary trials, there was a hierarchical procedure for testing the endpoints, and we were able to continue to test as long as they were significant. And we reached lack of significance, then we had to stop testing at that point. For four-component MACE, the hazard ratio was 0.87, a 13% reduction, with a p-value of 0.05, an absolute risk reduction of 1.6%, and a number needed to treat of 63 patients. The next in line was three-component MACE, and there, the hazard ratio was actually a little bit better. It was 0.85. That's a p-value of 006. And we then could proceed and test for non-fatal and fatal MI. And this was where the biggest effect was. The hazard ratio was 0.77. That's a 23% reduction in myocardial infarction. P equals 002. We then tested coronary vascularization. And the hazard ratio was 0.81 with a p-value of 001. So that's a 19% reaction in coronary revascularization. And then the next endpoint was fatal and non-fatal stroke. And although the hazard ratio was 0.85, the upper confidence limit was greater than 1. It was 1.07. It was therefore not significant. And we had to stop testing at that point. You know, it's a very interesting result. Do you think this different or this lowest hazard ratio for fatal and non-fatal MI is meaningful or is that just noise in a moderately effective cardiovascular risk-reducing effect? You know, it's a great question. First of all, I don't think it's spurious. We had so many events here that it's pretty hard for this not to be very close to the true result. So I do think that happened. In this case, I think the effect on stroke was a little bit less robust. And if you look at four-component and three-component MACE, you have stroke there. And the effect on cardiovascular death and all-cause mortality was neutral. So when you look at the composite endpoints, you get modest hazard ratios, good benefits, but not as big. But if you look at what it's really doing, it's reducing myocardial infarction. And that's really what a good LDL-lowering and anti-inflammatory drug should do. How about safety? Were there any concerns raised regarding safety or tolerability? There are safety issues. There was a 1% absolute increase in the risk of gout. Abemptoic acid reduces renal tubular excretion of uric acid. There was a 1% absolute increase in the risk of cholothiasis something we've seen in some of the other lipid-lowering drugs. What the drug didn't do is increase the risk of new-onset diabetes. 
there was a 16.1% risk of new onset diabetes with pepidoic acid and a 17.1% risk with placebo. Now, that difference wasn't statistically significant, but as you know, the statins do increase the risk of diabetes, and we expected that pepidoic acid would not have that adverse effect, and it did not have that effect. Great. And any things in the subgroup analyses? Yeah, there was at least a signal. And the signal was a very big reduction in MACE four-component adverse outcomes. Primary prevention had a hazard ratio of 0.68. That's compared with 0.87 for the pooled population. That was pretty striking, and there was a statistically significant interaction. Accordingly, I will be presenting at the ADA meeting and hopefully publishing simultaneously the results in the primary prevention subgroup. 30% of the patients, 4,200 patients, and a pretty striking result for those high-risk primary prevention patients. It reminds me a little bit of what Paul Ridker saw in the Jupiter trial many years ago. Finally, to bring this all together, when should clinicians be using bempedoic acid for their statin intolerant patients? Let me be absolutely clear. We should try a statin. We should try another statin. We should keep trying as long as the patient is willing to try different drugs. Some patients will tolerate one statin and not another. If we really can't get the patient to take a statin, then bempedoic acid is a very reasonable alternative. Now, please understand that bempedoic acid is available both as monotherapy and in combination with azetamide. The combination of bempedoic acid with azetamide can lower LDL cholesterol 35 to 40%. That's very similar to 40 milligrams of simvastatin. So we can get the effects of a moderate intensity statin with this combination pill and have a very low incidence of adverse muscle-related effects that will limit these patients from taking a statin. Well, with those recommendations in mind, I'd like to thank my guest, Dr. Stephen Nissen, for sharing his insights on bempedoic acid and cardiovascular outcomes in statin-intolerant patients. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, John, for having me. For ReachMD, I'm Dr. John Buse. To access this episode and others from our series, visit reachmd.com slash diabetes discourse, where you can be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening.